Welcome to another edition of the Engineering for the New Reality podcast series. Today, we're going to be talking about a very pertinent topic for the healthcare industry. I'm talking about regulatory compliance. As you're probably aware, medical devices typically go through a stringent 510k evaluation process to be certified in the US. However, as a result of the ongoing pandemic, several devices have entered the market through the EUA or emergency use authorization that typically fast tracks approvals. These devices will eventually, however, have to comply to the 510k norms to remain in the market. We have with us today our quality and regulatory compliance experts, Rodney and Rama, and they're going to be talking about the multiple factors that companies need to keep in mind when transitioning from EUA to 510k, and how LTTS can ensure that all these filings are done as per regulations and that medical device manufacturers don't miss out on anything. Rodney and Ram, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Rama, let me ask you the first question. You know, there are over 150 products in the market that have entered through this emergency FDA route. So when would be a good time for companies to begin their 510k compliance activities? And what should the major considerations be? So the emergency use authorization or the EUA, in short, is a process that FDA will announce for use of medical products, unapproved products, and because it's an emergency situation, or unapproved use of approved products. In both cases, only because it's an emergency, it needs to be declared. And after it's declared, it'll be on for a duration of time. And in this time, FDA will review the applications for medical products very quickly. And then they need to start the process of documentation. So to start this process itself, FDA has templates, for example, for testing, whether it's a serological test or antibody test or antigen test along those lines. And companies will now have to fill those templates and submit their application for review by FDA. After that, as soon as possible, they have to start their documentation as if it's a regular 510K in terms of being evaluated so that the product is safe and effective for use of inter- for intended use in the medical purposes. So Rama, along the 510K compliance journey, what are the major things that companies need to factor when it comes to, to their documentation and scientific discoveries uh, to ensure that filings are faster and that there's product continuity in the market? And how can LTTS play a role here? So as we have seen so far in the last few months in managing or coping with COVID-19, the number of tests that many manufacturers have applied for or even lab-developed tests, there have to be a lot of solid science behind it to prove that it actually works. And two factors that matter in this is the sensitivity and specificity. Sensitivity is a positive, good test, and specificity is a good, negative test. And the purpose of this is to establish there are no false positives and people get on treatment for that. So we're trying to manage this to test and treat approach. And in the testing itself, there are different kinds of tests, including uh, x-rays, as it seems to be impacting the breathing and lungs mostly. So along these lines, the science that the medical device companies are using 
to prove that it works is extremely important. And some of that could be old science with a new reagent, and some of that could be completely new science. And any of this has to be documented thoroughly and shared with FDA in their pre-sub meetings to give them a sense of confidence that this actually will work and start working on the product. And LTTS has significant experience in working with many global medical device companies, both in the in vitro diagnostics as well as the therapeutic uh, medical devices. And this documentation will be throughout the product lifecycle, which can start with the design controls and then identifying suppliers and all the way through manufacturing. And any of this can be easily done by LTTS helping our medical device clients. Rodney, do you have anything to add here? Yeah, so so I guess in summary, you could always say that what what happens is that although we're fast-tracking, although FDA is fast-tracking the need for for having your documentation um, being created, the specificity of it is is the same. So it needs it needs to all be there, and uh, you know, very rarely will people just start one without the other. So it's it's almost happening in parallel, and and in fact, we're we're helping people do that too. You know, moving on to technology, how can AI help automate some of the documentation workflows? And what kind of templates does LTTS have to ensure that filings are done as per regulations and that companies don't miss out on anything? So let's touch upon the templates first. FDA has actually put out some templates that are being updated constantly. So if your test is going to be antigen test or a molecular test or antibody test, they have separate templates for each one of those type of tests that you want to provide to the market. And these templates need to be used. And if you do not want to use those templates and you have another alternative method of testing, then you have to follow one of the templates to provide a similar information for FDA review to FDA. As far as AI being used, there are a couple of things I want to touch upon. One is in testing itself, X-ray images can be analyzed, and there are X-ray image analyzers that use artificial intelligence and machine learning. In that, they have to definitely identify two test data. One is for training the machine learning, and the second is actually testing the mach uh, learned machine, how well it can do the job. These are the areas artificial intelligence is definitely being used. And in the area of identifying the molecules for a good drug candidate from the many molecules out there, they're using artificial intelligence. Now, coming to the documentation, when ministries are filing the same kinds of documentation using the same templates, for example, the molecular tests are the most tests out there, then easily you can use some artificial intelligence to compile this documentation as well as review the documentation before being submitted. Yeah, so, and, and uh, this is Rodney, if, if I could add. So, so basically what we're saying is with automated intelligence, we're going to be able to, you know, assist the radiologist in really screening and finding um, specific patterns that, that obviously the, the logarithms of, of the programs will indeed identify. And then it will, it will really help at least to, to pinpoint um, certain areas or even if they need to do a second x-ray. So it's, it's extremely um, effective that way. And, uh, you know, as Rama said, 
that this is really going to be part of that new normal where we will use automated intelligence to assist the radiologist in, in being able to effectively diagnose. And because of its similarity with pneumonia, it, it's, you know, it could be interpreted incorrectly. So that's why it would be wonderful having, having our program assist and, and really screen out the, the, the real candidates that might have COVID-19. So, Rodney, let me ask you this. You know, an important part of 510K is manufacturing compliance, right? So, in this new virtual normal, what are the fresh considerations for line validation? And what has LTTS been doing to qualify the manufacturing processes of medical companies for 510K compliance? So, first of all, I wanted to kind of at least put a disclaimer there. So, so obviously, um, medical device manufacturers are, are considered essential businesses. Therefore, they have authority to run during this pandemic situation. Uh, that being said, um, access to these manufacturing sites is, is very complicated and, and very limited still at this point in time. And that's where virtual analysis of data is, is perfect, right? So, so having the information on their pro production process in detail, um, in most cases, um, we'll have a full digital um, interpretation of what's going on. We'll know exactly what can be done. And we can, we can work remotely to identify manufacturing um, efficiencies and compliances. If it's a new process, it, it, it even has more, more importance to do that in, in, in line with the product that's being put out. Um, as far as design review, also we can do that, but not just of the product, but again, of the process. And we can really look at areas where we can automate and improve material flow to increase that production efficiency um, and in parallel, you know, deliver a very safe and uh, consistent uh, medical device. And last but not least, um, uh, the, the virtual normal also includes now connectivity. So machine connectivity now becomes even more critical where um, a lot of people understand the term, you know, manufacturing execution systems that where everything is connected. Um, and, but, for medical devices, it should include um, the device history records where, where, where all the production information is done. And as all this information is maintained electronically, now we have a system that indeed is, 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 is streamlined and very easy to maintain, very easy to track, and, uh, and significantly compliant with, with, you know, with regulations. And you know, Rodney, the situation over the past few months has created a lot of flux in the supply chain, right? Companies are on the lookout for several new suppliers in various parts of the world. So how can LTTS help medical companies uh, source the right suppliers and then qualify them for 510K? Yeah, so um, we have extensive experience in, in that area. LTTS has regional teams actually spread out over the world. Um, we, we have a strong team here in the U.S., and, and obviously we have another big center in India. Um, we're, we're able not only to identify a supplier that can do the product, but you know, the, into, for the considerations that we, we, we evaluate is you know, what country is there, what, what, what type of infrastructure exists, um, are, is indeed that supplier capable, what is its processes, and we'll, we'll confirm all that. Um, and uh, we'll, 
will go all the way through validation of the part to assure that the that the actual supplier has consistent processes that can produce you know the product at the highest level on a regular basis um, we do prepare every single one of the documents that would would be required to 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 confirm compliance for um, the the 510k um, a lot of the things that that we do are are defined clearly and in the Code of Federal Regulations, so it's 21 CFR 820.50, which is those purchasing controls, so Part E, specifically for medical devices. So uh, we do entirely everything that's listed there, and, and then on, on top of that, we, we actually do a, a re regional matching. And in your opinion, how should companies approach supply chain? What are the countries or regions they should be looking at? Uh, that's a great question. So from, from a regional perspective, which I'm a huge proponent, um, it, you, have, you, you will have indeed a strong control over your raw materials. Um, in manufacturing, you know, that's really basically what we're doing. We're converting raw materials into finished goods. Um, there's a series of processes and um, packaging and labeling, and then it's delivered to, to the patients. So um, in, in the case of um, the United States, which I would like to hit first, um, there, there's a huge effort for reshoring. Um, right now, there's, there's, there's several states that offer uh, significant grants and are available to manufacturing um, OEMs so that they can actually just go ahead and pull their production. Uh, of course, based on this COVID-19 situation, a lot of people have targeted uh, production that is occurring today in China and they do want to reshore it. I think one of the challenges there is going to be how, how do they, how are they able to pull that product into the U.S. either cost neutral or beneficial cost? And again, that's something that we can absolutely help um, fix and 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 actually give that competitive advantage to to um, to the manufacturing um, entities. Um, Outside of the U.S., uh, so if you go to, to India, uh, for instance, so in, in India also has a, enough resources that um, the, the more they use their internal resources and the, and the less dependency on, on outside countries, um, uh, again, picking on, on, on China specifically because of this situation, we would say, oh, well, I, I'll have less dependency. So the more um, each company can indeed develop to a large extent, their core and critical components from regional sourcing, that's always going to be better. So for, for Italy, it, it would be sourcing uh, you know, in, in Europe, Eastern Europe, um, and, and so forth. Thank you, Rodney and Rama. Those were some great insights from medical companies to think about, and then more importantly, to act on. And to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We have a bunch of other exciting conversations in our Engineering for the New Reality podcast series. Do visit our website at www.ltts.com for more information. Thank you and have a nice day.